Right, so um, two Irishmen, a Welshman and a Cypriot do a podcast. It's called Shoot the Defence. Welcome. I'm Stel. I've got Steve, aka Steve McCarthy, Steve Shaw. Steve stepped down as head coach of a club. I've got Rodri Giggs and I have Simon Cox, newly retired. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Very good, very good. Rod, you're in the studio, mate. Yeah, I managed to get here today, yeah. No, oh. so this second or third time I've used it. How long have you had it? Uh, about six weeks. Still need to put stuff in it. It's still bare, haven't we? So, do you know what? For for some reason, to your left, there's a little box on the wall. Is that like a first aid box or like a? Nah, that's like um, uh... put, a pound, put a pound in the meter. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know the main switches for the electric. Oh, a fuse yeah. box for this for this finger, yeah. Okay, it's all right. He's independent. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. You got a port back there. You got what's it? You've got plugs right behind you. Yeah, this it's a it's a bit it's a built studio, so it's a sound studio. I like it, man. I like it. You need to get soundproof though. What? Is it soundproofed? Yeah, it's it's that's what it's built for. It's soundproof, yeah. Well then I'm just asking. There's a few more outside, and when I come up, you can hear the as soon as you shut the door, just Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. Simon, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good. You loving life back in the UK after your excursions in Australia? <laughs> Bit cold now. <laughs> it was when I left there. Uh, nah, listen, it was, uh, you know, the reason I came back was uh, my daughter was born. So, uh, yeah, it was. it's definitely worth coming home for. And Kenny Miller's out there, isn't he? Western Sydney Wanderers, yeah? Yeah, I'm. I think he is. I don't like. I know he was when I was there. I'm not sure if he's uh, he's left to come home. I know his his wife's back in uh, in Scotland, so I'm not sure whether he got the tug as well to come back or he's uh, he's doing the old long distance thing. I'm not sure what he's doing. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Pop <laughs> <laughs> so, up sooner or later somewhere. <laughs> definitely. Um, so what? You're um you've done your coaching badges, yeah, and you're looking for a coaching role at the moment. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, I've been back since uh, since middle of May. So um, when uh, just before I left there, I completed my license. Um, and yeah, I, I came back and I thought, you know, I'll spend a few few months of just sort of sounding people out to see if uh, there's any sort of coaching roles, playing roles, player coaching roles, whatever it might have been. Um, but sort of nothing really materialised, mate. To be honest, it just uh, it just got to a point where. I was happy being at home with the family, and um, and then decided to call it call it a day. And now it's uh, I've got my own little one on one small groups um, coaching gig going on, which is sort of starting to get you know, starting to get a bit busy because of like half terms coming up and stuff like that. So that's good. Um, and then yeah, like I've, ultimately the, the the aim is to get into a club and do uh, do some coaching. The thing is, when you've got someone such as yourself with a vast array of experience, you know, you played international level, you played, you know, Premier League, Championship, etc. abroad, like, it, it must be absolutely baffling for you to think, like, how is it literally impossible for me to, to find a job? Not that I'm saying that like, you're entitled to it because of what you've done, but you've got that experience here. You'd think that clubs at any kind of level would want someone such as yourself there. Well, I mean, I try to do... I try to help clubs out, obviously, with the COVID, the pandemic and everything else, the way that sort of the, the clubs were hit financially. I tried to help out a little bit by saying, you know, I'll come in and play, um, you know, 15 games a season, but I'll do a lot of coaching potentially just with the strikers or whatever. Um, you know, so try and do a dual role. <sighs> Mate, no one was interested at all. And then... Then it got to a point where you sort of phone all your contacts in your phone book, lads and that that you've played with, played against, managers that you've played for, that sort of thing. And everyone says, oh, you know, I'll do what I can. But do they really? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, sometimes you sort of look at it and think, oh, yeah, they put the phone down or they read the message and they say, oh, yeah, we'll help you out as much as we can. But then as soon as that phone call or text is done, you know, they then go into their head of recruitment and go, oh, you need to bring him in and or you know he'd be a really good asset to to the football club for this reason and this reason sometimes you just sort of I hope to get it off my own back you know and and it's literally scouring the, the job sites of all football clubs um and just trying to trying to get in and, and be a bit lucky really 
Steve, this mustn't fill you with much confidence either, really. <laughs> Do you know what? I've I've had a few opportunities or offers that I'm like in the men's game, like, and this is step six in non-league, so all voluntary. What I'm finding, it is literally who you know. And it's, I say elements of ass kissing, but you, you have to say the right things to the right people for the opportunities to come up. And I've burnt a few bridges in the past because... I tell people, I've done it on occasions where I've told them exactly what I thought. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> like I, I generally, at one club, I said, I'm leaving because um, you're too focused on social media. You've got no recruitment. You've got no sort of progression for players. You're not going to develop anything. I've been blacklisted from that club. and <laughs> But on the plus side, they they've only won like two games in the last three years. <laughs> I'm always right, but yeah. <laughs> you did some of that that witchcraft on them, you? There's some juju, you know. <laughs> yeah. I put the spells on. The only way they can get rid of it, that's go to every corner of the pitch and do a little sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice a goat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's talk about the Premier League. And it's been uh, an eventful weekend. I think Mo Salah is on a one-man crusade to become Ballon d'Or winner to score the greatest ever, ever goal. And Simon, Liverpool absolutely walloped Watford. Uh, but before we talk about Liverpool, Watford brought in Claudio Ranieri, who seems to find work all the time. Now, this is the guy, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, when um, he got the Leicester job, I kind of scoffed at it because he did such a terrible job with the Greek national team. But to be fair, the Greek national team are pretty shit. So I, got, I ended up with egg on my face. He ended up winning the league with Leicester. I don't think he's going to be doing the same thing with Watford, though, is he? No, but they've got the Italian connection, haven't they, in the board? So, like, with all their uh, their owners, they, it was kind of like... Jobs for the boys, eh? Yeah, one for, one for the lads. Um, keep it in-house. But uh, to be fair, I think he's he'll be in that role and then... It wouldn't surprise you in six months' time that he'll get he'll get the sack. That that would just be that's the way that Watford do their business. And uh, you know, if it's not going well, it, he won't last too long, regardless of how well he's doing. My money is on December. I, I don't think he's going to last six months. Surely you've got, to give, you've got to at least give him January. Surely. <laughs> well, I don't know. We've seen managers last less, haven't we? Wasn't it the boy lasted like seven weeks or something at Palace? Thirty days, I think. Thirty days. Is that the worst, any of the worst manager to ever manage in the Premier League in results business or something like that? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Oops. He ended up getting a job at the Dutch national team, didn't he, afterwards? Yeah, then he, he went over to the MLS as well. Oh, Atlanta, yeah, yeah. yeah. He won the MLS. Yeah, they won MLS, didn't they, under yeah. Tata Martino, and then he came in and... Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Mo Salah then, uh, Simon. <sighs> It's almost as if, like, like I said, he's um, he's a man possessed, isn't he? He wants to just completely rip the Premier League apart, and this is what he's doing. But we've seen this from him before, so I'm I'm not surprised. But he looks like he's leveled up this season. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, his his stats are ridiculous. Um, every season they seem to get better and better. I think the one thing that really surprised me with him is the amount of games he plays. To the amount of injuries he gets, he never gets injured. He never misses games. He obviously goes away with Egypt as well, comes back, plays the next game for Liverpool, no doubt scores a goal or two goals. And it's, it's just ridiculous. I think this season more so and sort of towards the end of last season, you sort of started to see him being a bit more of a team player, obviously, with the Mane goal on Saturday. Um, I mean, it's an exquisite pass um, outside, the, outside the old left chucker. I mean, it's a, it's a great, great little pass. And then obviously to get his goal as well, which is, I mean, the feet, he should be on dancing on ice. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was scary. So um, I think he's being a bit more of a rounded player now, but his stats are still scary. That's right. And Rod, Firmino grabbed the hat-trick a guy that apparently never scores. Oh, he's muted himself. See this this state of the art studio, and he can't even unmute himself. So. I'm looking at his stats. He's, he's um scores one in three. So plus the, the work rate. He's a team player, isn't it? The, the, the work rate just for the team as well. Assists as well as the goals. Yeah, he's, he just complements the other two so well. And that's why it's all such a good free up trio. 
the thing is you say you say work rate and a lot of people mention his you know what he does off the ball and whatnot but what is it that you've noticed about him that perhaps people don't really talk about because it just seems like a cliche for people to say oh he works really hard but it's a given isn't it yeah, but you know, there's, there's people that can run around like idiots, so there's kind of people that can do it wisely, and, and he's one of them that's cute. He does it, and he gets in good little spaces as well. He's just an all-around team player that you'd want in your team. Yes, you'd want him to score a little bit more goals, but one in three, not bad. Yeah, that's right. And Mr. Shaw, Mr. Mr. Shaw. What can we say about Liverpool's defence this season? A lot of people have been talking about, oh, Van Dijk, he's not going to be the same player, and yada, yada, yada. They seem to have got over that little speed hump at the beginning of the season when they were conceding goals in the front centre. Um, I think, I actually think the Watford game is going to be a one-off for them to have a clean sheet. I think they are still going to struggle a little Ooh, bit. Controversial. Well, it's, the thing is, like, Liverpool, when they go with the high-pressing game, and Rod's, just jumping on the back of what Rod said about Firmino, his intelligent movement just to sort of unsettle the defence to allow the stri- uh, the wide forwards to sort of make the runs in between the full-backs and the centre-backs into the half-space, like, it's exquisite and it's so hard to quantify how good that is. But for all as good as they are in the final third, I do find, like, their midfield don't always get the turnovers that they necessarily need. And because the full-backs both like to attack when they do have both Robinson and Trent fit, it is left with just a back two. I don't think the midfield is quite as balanced as it could be. I think that is in part for letting Curtis Jones develop because he's come in and done fantastic. But I do think there is a little bit of unbalance in the midfield and that's why their defence will still be overrun at times, especially in the wide areas, if they're not being covered um, by sort of the holding midfielder. But they've got so many players available in the middle of the park. Surely they can get that balance, no? I, they should do, but I, I don't know if Klopp's having to manage the team in terms of what, what players are getting minutes for for fear of injuries. And, like, I think Harvey Elliott's injury, that's obviously been a blow in terms of a midfield option. Um, and what Simon was saying about Mo Salah, he seems to be, like, an exception to everyone else or just doesn't seem to get injured at the minute whereas everyone else will run the risk of getting injured at some point or being out for two or three weeks. So from a coaching perspective, they're probably looking at, right, what's their load? How can we make sure that we limit the risk of injury? And he'll start chopping and changing the midfield. And I, I just don't think they'll, they've been that balanced. I think Thiago last year was a, a bit of a hindrance because his style was different. And it didn't necessarily complement how Klopp played before. And I think, although absolutely fantastic result against Watford, I don't think they're going to have it that easy in the future games. I think I think with uh, Thiago, though, I think him keep getting injured doesn't help Liverpool at yeah. all. Um, you know, because then you end up with people like Milner's obviously been a you know a great player throughout the years, but ultimately he's getting on a little bit and he, he's filling in sometimes, but. They brought in Thiago to sort of sit in that that pivot yeah. role uh, alongside probably Fabinho, um, and then obviously left Henderson to sort of be that sort of wider of a three in there. Um, and now he, with Thiago keep getting injured, it doesn't really help. It doesn't help Liverpool at all. So that's a, that's obviously an issue that he's got to have a look at. Because he's, he's been playing like uh, Minamino in centre midfield on a mm. few occasions to try and balance it. And the fact that he won't use Oxlade-Chamberlain or doesn't seem to trust him anymore mm. would suggest he's on his way out. Yeah, possibly, yeah. There was talk of him going back to Arsenal, wasn't there? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, surely you take him there, Steve. Come on. He gets misses from Little Mix there. She could do the half-time sing-song, you know, halfway no, line. No, oh, come on. I'm, I'm loving Arsenal's choice in using WWE wrestlers' entrance <laughs> music at half-time. And... Oh. Blimey. Well, one more thing before we, uh, we move on to a different game. What do you guys make of, of Vinaldum leaving Liverpool? Because I think he was a vital player for them past couple of seasons. And he offers a lot more um, from an... I don't know, from an energetic standpoint, stamina and and uh, just that drive going forward than most of the midfielders. 
Sorry, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Um, <laughs> one of his friends, I think one of his friends came out on social media and said, like, his prime's behind him now. Like, since he went to PSG, he doesn't look like the same player because he's been playing since he was 16. So his peak, he's on the downhill. But even if that's the case, he'd still be a, such a key part to Liverpool's style of play. Like, the way that they got him playing towards the end before he left was sort of similar to that of how he played for the national team. Who said that, Steve? Who said that, Steve? Um, I, do you know what? I'll try and find it on Twitter. It was... He, cut, he, had, a, he had a decent Euros as well. Yeah. yeah. But it was... Uh, I think it's like, his numbers as well, Liverpool. The, the short... That's the diff, the, the, the worry you have them winning the league. If they get a couple of injuries where Chelsea or City, you know, they've got depth and quality as well. So, but, you know, with Louis Wijnaldum, he was a stalwart in their team. Yeah. He played every week. And now losing that, uh, but just another option off the bench if if Wijnaldum's playing, they've got Ke- Keita or Henderson or Fabinho. Or, I think I think they are limited with their style of midfielders now in terms of depth. And Wijnaldum was that sort of a a hybrid of box to box, but also almost like a number ten at times, especially when you saw him play for Holland. Yeah, and like and Simon, think- and like Simon says, when Thiago's getting injured, you know, that's a big signing from it. Brought in and he's, he's not playing every week. Yeah, I think I think, the, I think, the, I think the, sorry, I think the thing is though is that letting um, letting him go, letting one album go to PSG, they probably looked at it and thought, do you know what? We've got Curtis Jones in the wings. We've got Harvey Elliott that we don't want to stop their growth. Obviously, you saw Harvey Elliott start the season. Unfortunately, got injured. Curtis Jones played a lot uh, last season. Again, started playing again uh, before he got injured. So. The thing is, they couldn't have if you if you took them all there. You got Harvey Elliott, you got Curtis Jones, you got um, Henderson, Cater, Thiago, Fabinho. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you got seven, eight, or nine midfield mm. players in there, and only really with the team that they play, only three can play. So you can't have six just sat there doing nothing. So probably when Adams thought, you know, we bought in a couple, we're probably going to be producing the two young lads uh, over him. Um, so he's thinking, I'm free. I'll go and play with some other top team and and try and win the the Champions League with somebody else. And I think that was probably more in his thinking. He he probably looked at it and thought, my game time's probably going to go down a lot more here. They've probably looked, but on both sides as well, Liverpool have probably thought it's coming to the end of his contract. If we do sign him, it's going to be big money. Yeah. Do what do we with, with the young lads we've got? He started Harvey Elliott and he looked really good at the start of the season. It's just unlucky he had a bad injury. Yeah, Because it would be a short-term contract. If it was a say short-term contract, they wouldn't be trying to pin him down for three years. Yeah, exactly. Sell on. And it's it's kind of like, how do you, you know, you look at what Arsenal ended up doing with William. They got him on big fees for a long contract and we had to negotiate the free transfer as a result of it. Whereas I think Liverpool made the right decision in terms of Look, in any other scenario, you'd be there going, we've got eight centre midfielders, we've got two young English players that are coming through the ranks, we want to give them game time. When Adam's sort of maybe at his peak now, or we weren't going to get a resale on him, we can cut our losses and... He's probably, he's probably on a good wage there at PSG. Yeah. He's, he's not gone to, he's not gone to Cyprus. He's not no. gone to some public. Hey. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's gone to a proper team. So, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's a good move for him to be fair. I think yeah, it, I right, he had that little fucking jab. All right, I remember that. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. All right, uh, right. Let's let's talk about United then. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what you put in the. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what you put in the um the WhatsApp group. A four-two defeat against Leicester, and things were going well when when Greenwood scored from like 25, 30 yards, beautiful finish, and then it just went to shit. Now, we can blame the manager for not having a clue. We can blame Harry Maguire for three goals, in my opinion. But what, how do you evaluate this, this game, man? How, well, first of all, it's not Harry Maguire's fault. It's Simon will tell you, if you're a professional footballer and you're fit and you've just come back from injury, you want to play. It's down to your manager to say, are you ready to go? You, yeah, I'm fit. I'm fit. You're not going to say, no, I don't want to play. You're going to say, yeah, I want to play, especially your no, old I'm team. Not, I'm not blaming so, him for wanting to play. No, no, but first of all, like, he's got that wrong. So there's there's nothing the manager's got wrong. But you know, it's just, just 
Where do you want me to start with it? Where, wherever you want, mate. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, um, you know, he's got it wrong, Ryan Maguire. Uh, Pogba doesn't look the same, played as for France. Greenwood's a massive issue with Ronaldo because Greenwood is Ronaldo 20 years ago. He's not done what I passed the ball. He wants to shoot, he wants to score goals. Ronaldo's giving it all this. Bruno's doing all this. You know, that's, that's a bad recipe. That, if, that's going, if that's starting with your two major, major players in the team are waving their arms about. And Greenwood doesn't seem to give a shit. He's just, he just wants to score goals. He's exactly the same mentality as Ronaldo. Was when he was young, he never passed the ball. He would score goals. That's why he scored so many goals. So there's that issue, but you know he's just got a he's got a solve. You got to do that on the training pitch. It just looks like they're dead easy to to defend against. Why Juan Basaka is tucked in is not further out on the byline. I don't know. It's just just it's easy to defend, and then the transitional play when they do win the ball to just. Dismiss three midfielders and just be on on us attacking. It's just, it's just, uh, it's frustrating. I like think you said, we did start well. Yeah, I think United are one of these teams that teams like Leicester, teams like Liverpool, teams like City will all look at United and go, "We get at these," because they're they're very disjointed as a as a as units as midfield to defenders. Your centre forwards aren't really the ones who want to work hard, i.e., your Firminos and um, and Mane's and Salas and stuff of this world. So, uh, I think I looked at the game and I just thought, you know, like you said, Stel, that you got you you've got Maguire for the first one. He's just like waiting for the ball. That's that's sloppy. Do you know what I mean like that's that's your club captain? That's someone you'd sort of look to and think, you know, you've got to set the stall up for for us as a team. He he loses that. I mean, don't take it take away from the goal. The goals like Tillemans' goal is f- unbelievable. Whether he's meaning to to stick it there or not, who knows? Only he'll he'll tell you that. But I think they just they just look a team of individuals, and that's that's not a, that's not what Man United have been over the the years. They've probably had one or two, your Cantonas and and so on and so on. But they've been a they've been a like a hard team to play against United in, in previous years. It just seems that the minute they've just gone out and signed big players, got big personalities, but can't create a team from, you know, around that. And that's a, and that's a big issue for the manager. I was, I was going to ask you lot sort of a twofold question with United. One, do you think they've got the recruitment, right? Because, um, I mean, Donny van der Beek signing him, question marks over that, looking at how Sancho has been able to fit in or not fit in as the case may be. And even Ronaldo, and I'm not suggesting Ronaldo is not a good signing, but it leads into the second question of, have they got the tactics for it? Because no, if, you, if you look at the, the signings, Sancho, do, do we really need a left midfielder? No, we've got Rashford, we've got uh, Greenwood can play there, we've got Marshall that can play there. So, no. Do we need a centre-forward? Well, yes. So Ronaldo's not a bad sign. Plus, he's Ronaldo. He scores yeah. goals for fun. If you play to his strengths, like Portugal do, and that's that's, the, that's sort of the second question about because has Oli sort of fitted the tactics to suit Ronaldo? Because Ronaldo now is not the Ronaldo that United once had. He's not the tricky winger, as you said. That's more Greenwood that wants to cut in, wants to drive forward, get those goals, and be selfish in that sense. Ronaldo's turned into. One of the, I, I actually think one of the most clinical strikers in the box. If you get the ball into the box to him, he will get a, he will get you goals without a shadow of a doubt. But they don't seem to be finding him in the final third. But do you think, do you think Ronaldo was an Ali signing? Oh no, what? that was a, that was a clear, that was a clear sort of hierarchy going. He's That's what I mean. So, so you look, yeah, so you're looking at it as, as the manager and going. Well, you've just gone out because obviously no no one seems to like the Glazers or Ed Woodward at, no. at, at the minute. So it's like what they've done, they've gone, oh, do you know what? We'll make a sign-in that sort of gives us a bit of a reprieve for six months until January. And then we'll see what we can do in January, try and you know let people go, bring people in, whatever it is. But what we'll do is we'll bring in a major sign-in, someone who's loved at the football club, just so they're off our backs for a little bit. Yeah. And then they're Pacifying the fans, in. pacifying them. That's what I mean. So it's it's not uh, that's I, I sort of have a little bit of a you know you feel bad for Ollie in that sense because it's, do, it's yeah, I, upon him. 
Yeah, because he, he probably didn't want him. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. probably he looked at him and thought, you know, I've got Cavani who can play up there. Well, he's they, a decent they play like, now. He works, no, yeah, but he works really. He works a lot harder. Yeah, so he's a focal point for for United. It allows Greenwood to to do what his stuff. It allows Rashford to do his stuff. Um, and it just it just sort of fit a little bit better with um, with Cavani. But obviously, listen, I think if anybody in 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 world football gets offered Ronaldo, I think you probably take him mm-hmm. just because of his his ratio of goals and, and what he brings. You know, not just even on the pitch, off the pitch as well. So. It's, I think it's a tough one, that one, to be honest. Because the, the pieces, are, the pieces are there for a, for a good team. You've got quality players. You just need to figure out what system do you play. It's not, it's not working at the minute when the, the, the way they played against mm-hmm. Leicester. It's just not. It's too many. Now you, you see, you see, I see Rashford walking sometimes. I see Pogba walking. I see Greenwood walking. You know, Guy Neville was right. What he's saying last night. You don't see any of these top teams. Salah. Brian, all these top players for City or yeah, Liverpool, you don't never see them walking. They're always rushing to get the ball back or working out for the team. Where United, you, you don't really see that, and, and it's only just crept crept on that. So I don't know where that's come from. It's it's almost like you see the front three. If the ball goes past and they go, well, that's my job done. Like they've long balled it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, I say long board, it played it out of the back. Uh, no, the to, to me, it doesn't like whether to, to, to stick or twist. Yeah. And it, it only takes one person to not do it. And that's it. Yeah. I was, the other thing I was going to say, like, looking at United squad, do you think you've held on to a bit of dross too much or you haven't been able to get rid of him? Because, like, there's the talk about Phil Jones not moving well, on. Well, he's done a really good job of getting all the crap out from two or three years ago. Because two or three years ago, it's Paul playing like yeah. Fellaini. Yes, they're good Rera, football players. Valencia. Rera, but they're not, you know, Manchester yeah. United players. Yes, I think, you know, Mata needs to be, to be moved on. Uh, Dalot needed to be moved on. I think that was in the in the workings, but Ronaldo for spanning in that, because I think Trippi was almost a, a done deal. It was. It was, wasn't it, Rod? Trippi. So, yeah, that would have been Good for us on the right because oh yes, Wan Masaka is a good defender, but he crossed the ball like he's got flippers on. He can't cross the ball. <laughs> he can't cross the ball. Kieran Trippier would have been a massive signing in terms of getting that final into the final third, whether it be crosses into Pogba or even just deliveries into the far post as well. Like this is this is the thing though. This is what this is what something that I really have a bit of a bugbear with United is that Man United were signing you know, Lindelof and Bali, Bali and whatever. And, and I was looking at it thinking, Man United used to go out and buy the best players. Mm. All of a sudden you're buying these people who probably no one's heard of before, before they come to United or might have had a good season with somebody else. But why weren't they two or three years ago going out and buying Varane, you know, two or three years ago? Because then he would have then been the one who you stick in there and you'd have got in with Harry Maguire and you'd have gone, do you know what? That's that's our centre-half pair and that's going to grow for the next five to seven, eight years. Then all of a sudden you get rid of a lot of that rubbish that they've had um, for a long time. And you've got a pair in then. You know, it seems like United are always chopping and changing who they who they pair people with. And I think that's just a, that's just poor poor uh, recruitment but then I don't think a lot of the senior lads have a lot of respect for Ollie. they might do as a player but they don't do as a manager and that's uh, you said about all the top teams and the the De Bruyne's and, and Salah's and that they, their managers don't stand for people walking where it seems like you know if, if Ollie then started shouting at a Ronaldo Ronaldo probably just tell him to shut his mouth it's almost so like it's, it's becoming a joke behind the scenes though man it's becoming a joke behind the scenes. Like you got a manager who is inept. He's inept. I'm sorry, he's inept. You he's not. Michael... Step, step, he's not inept because he's done a good job for, since he's been there. But where, where we were to where we are, he's just he's inept at that elite level with the top managers. He's not an inept because what he's done for Man United. Man United was shit to watch. It was boring. The Van Gaal, Mourinho. He has changed that, got crap out of Chuck brought Man United players in. I just don't think he's got the capabilities, all the people around him, to get the best out of what he's got because he's not experienced enough. You know, 
these play, these managers he's gone against, for like 15, 20 years at the top level of winning stuff, he hasn't, what's, he's been at Mould and Cardiff. So he's been behind eight ball straight away. But what if he, if, he, if he was a manager of like Everton or Newcastle, obviously not Newcastle, you know, when they start spending their money, but like, you know, someone mid-table like Villa or someone like that. He'd have been gone by now. Do you think he'd do well? Ollie? Do you think Oli would do well at this club? No, I, th- I think Oli's basically the Man United version of Frank Lampard at Chelsea. He's done well with the players that he's had. He's taken them, he's got them through almost like a transitional period because of the styles of, as Rod said, Van Howe and uh, Mourinho. But they look like they're only playing at 60, 70%. Their, their looks that, especially with the ability of these players, their looks like there's that little bit more and he's not quite tapping into them. And if he was at a sort of a mid-table club, it's I think he'd probably have the same amount of time. But even then, like Everton drop and change their managers after about two years. If he went to a West Ham, unless he'd done what David Moyes has done, like second time round, I think he'd struggle. I think he might struggle there. Yeah, he's got he's got he's been there two and a half years now. He's got this year. He needs to do something this year. If he doesn't, you know, in his own words, when he's at Mold, when Mourinho comes second. You know, Manchester, all oh, right, it's great coming second and being and winning the Europa League, but Manchester United to be first and being the Champions League, they were his own words. And, you know, he'd been there three years, he'd been given over £400 million. Pounds. So, in, in right, he should say, you know what, I'm going to step away, but he's not going to do that. So, someone needs to say, if it gets to that, hopefully it, it doesn't. But, you know, we're all realists and we can see down the line, we've been in the game so much a long time. And you just know, you just know, even though you don't want to admit it. Because like, do, do, you think, do you think winning something saves his job though? Depends what it wins, size. Yeah. You know, if he wins, say he wins Champions League, which you can't see at the minute, but it's a long way away. You know, I don't think we're going to win the league. There's no chance. So, with the Champions League, respite? possibly, possibly. Because like, you, it comes every now and then. It crops up in the news, and it's come up again recently. Like. The coach at United, Kieran McKenna, like players apparently, like the whispers drop out that they're not happy with the training sessions. And well, the players are tra- the, tra- the coaches are joining in, in the training sessions. Yeah, technical be. director, technical yeah. director Darren Fletcher. How many technical directors you see with training kits on training with the players? It's just a joke. Yeah, man, it's well. things like that, and that comes well. from the top. Yeah. So doesn't do, don't help himself. That, stuff that's like one that. of the reasons why Zola struggled as a manager because he used to take part in the training sessions and show the players up. And like that's what with the ball. I know it's a, you very, very well with see, the ball. You very well see it anymore. I remember, I remember Dwight York doing it with Graham Sooners, and Graham Sooners kicked him up in the air and put him out for like three months. So <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't happen as much now. But the this, ball was this is the biggest yeah, club. In the, this is the biggest club in the world. It shouldn't be stuff like this. Shouldn't be happening. What you short of players? Go and get one from the youth or the from the twenty threes. United, United should never be short of players, though, should they? Really, <laughs> you know, if they, if they can't put eleven v eleven v eleven. I think the pictures come out Ty, when it was um, when it was International Week. Oh, but right. Even so, yeah. Because so, yeah. the one thing I will actually praise United for in terms of the under twenty threes is they've signed Paul McShane as a player coach purely for the under twenty threes, so that the youngsters have an older head around them to sort of elements of game management. And it's almost sort of slowly veering back to old school reserve football. So it's helping that's, the, uh, the yeah, youngsters. That's happening. That's happening in a few other clubs as well. Yeah. I know Brighton have done it, and a few other clubs have done it. They they do they, what they normally do is they normally bring somebody in who's been at that club, yeah. come through that system, so that they give the the lads um, a bit of an insight into how they made it, and and obviously it gives the it gives the the older player. You know, a little bit more time on the pitch, but it also gives them a bit of time for coaching as well, which is good. You know, you're saying about this team, sorry, Steve, you're saying about the FA Cup. Van Gaal won the FA Cup the next day, fired him. Yeah. Well, you know, he's been there three, three years. I do really think he needs to be going to the, right to the end with the league and winning something. Oh, it's just, you know, thanks, but, you know, this is, it's now these, these players are, are getting, especially Ronaldo and some other players. You need to strike now where you've got these players. Rod, OK, without being, um, what's the word, uh, a bit passive-aggressive with this question, 
Do you think that Ferguson being around is a problem? And hear me out on this one because he he brought in David Moyes and that went to shit. He didn't want Van Hal. Van Hal came in and won the FA Cup. He didn't want Mourinho. Mourinho came in and he won two trophies. Mourinho left and then he decides to bring in Solskjaer. And right now the club doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Oh, it's, it's the whole players. Or ex players, manager doesn't help at all. They've all got big, they've all got to say. Well, some of them obviously his mates that they won't firm under boss, and rightly so. But you know, it's, it's the, the gaff would have been more the manager would have been mortified seeing that video come out when he's talking to Khabib and he's saying you should be playing your best players when they're Fernando out. Well, stuff like that, but it doesn't just doesn't help, yeah. But no, you can't be thinking of the same thing. Alex Ferguson did. Alex, Alex Ferguson had a much better team squad than you did, and he earned the right to do that. He hasn't yet. He's got to play his best team. No, I agree. Look, there've been people on social media saying, "Oh, well, you know what? Um, Ferguson was given four years, and then he won the FA it's Cup." Different time like, start. Pretty sure Ferguson gave four hundred million back then. <laughs> right. Also, but Ferguson won the Cup Winners' Cup with Aberdeen for crying out loud. He won. The, he the had a, yeah, this is what I'm saying with Klopp, and he's got they've got a history. Ferguson had a history. He'd been no, he dominated Scotland football. That's unheard of now. From unless it's Celtic or, or Celtic or Rangers, Aberdeen dominated and really did well in Europe. And and he comes to United. Yes, he struggled, but you could see what he was doing behind the scenes, and you, you reap the rewards with the, the young kids that you see coming through. That was through him, Brian Kidd, and all the others doing the ad work, going to the schools in the late 80s, early 90s. So, question to three, you then. How long has Oli got, do you reckon? He's got to the end of the year. Yeah, and never, when Van Gaal was in, when Moyes was in, you know, um, even Mourinho, don't want these managers to be sacked. This is Manchester United. We don't sack our managers like Chelsea or Watford. But three years is, is enough time to get a squad together, and he has... And to be, you know, especially when you come second, you know, the next, every year's got better. Well, he's got to get better than last year and that was second and he didn't win anything. Simon, Liverpool are next, I think, for United, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sadly. sadly. L- lose well, that. I mean, Is that it for him if they lose? No, 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 no. I, I think, I think Rod's right. I think he'll have until the end. I think he'll, you know, they'll they'll pull a mad signing out of somewhere, I'd imagine, in January for him and and then everyone will look at United and think, Oh no, they they'll go close again. But then, you know, they'll sort of get they'll come back crashing down to earth again, you know, after they get they'll they'll end up getting beat by Burnley or someone like that. And uh and then everyone will be like, Oh, you know, should have spent another two hundred million in, in January just to get a squad together. It would just be something silly. So uh, he'll have until the end of the season and then I think they'll review it straight after that I think there's, there's going to be an exodus as well might be an exodus in January with these this Newcastle as well there'll be some players from United that they can pick off who are not playing and not happy Lingard Van der Beek Mata could be one I these think Marshall might be one Marshall, Marshall. Okay. and that will, that, will ease, that will ease his sorry Simon, that will ease his funds to get a midfielder in. I know it's done with all like to do it in January, it's not ideal. But if there's one there, do you think? Do you think if the board don't sanction a, a say, a big signing or a midfielder that's key to this team in January, do you think that's writing on the wall for Ollie because they've gone? Do you know what? We'll rather start afresh. Because even like Pogba's contract renewal now, look, I know Pogba gets, I say, slated and debated about whether he cares or not, but. Losing a Paul Pogba on a potential three on a potential free transfer, is that an indictment of the club or is that an indictment on the manager? How will the board try and spin that? Because if he goes in, if he's announced that he's leaving in January, and all of a sudden Marshall think, goes off to Newcastle, I think, I think with Pogba and his agent, it's been cute, and in the last two or three years they've been mm-hmm. in and out of the press. Was is is. His agent has so yeah he's he's off at the end of the end of the year he, he ain't staying in so don't blame him to be honest <laughs> no but it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing bigger players no. for Pogba left Manchester United no and he's not it, been a world beater for us so no and that might be an opportunity for Van der Beek because it I personally think they bought Van der Beek in to replace Pogba's role in the centre of midfield 
Steve, you've seen Van der Beek now, right? Oh, he's a shell of a, he's a shell of a player. No, I know, but even at his pomp, will he get in a top Manchester United side? I don't understand that signing whatsoever. It doesn't I? I think it was a panic buy because they thought Pogba was off, and then Pogba's started, done like a last minute U turn. They're like, right, we've kind of got a backup for Pogba that we're not really going to use because we don't want to drop Pogba at any chance. And he, when he's come on, he hasn't looked effective. He hasn't looked the player that he. But it's, it's a number 10. For me, you play Fernandez in front of him, Lingard in front of him, Matter in front of him before Van der Beek gets a game. That's, he's paid 40 million for him. Worrying when you say Matter as well, considering Matter's age. No, but he's, no, he's, but you're he's right. rather him. He's, yeah. he's, he's better on the boys. Yeah, no, no, Matthew, no. He's scoring a goal. It's just a worry. And unless they tried to convert him into a number four or to play out from the back, but almost like a Carrick-esque. Yeah, he's not got enough pace. No. He's not quick enough. He doesn't seem quick at all. And Van I mean, Beek you're talking about here, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, you saw him against West Ham. When he's getting pressed, he shits himself. Yeah. It's I, like, can't, I, I, I can't, you know, when, when, it, when he comes in, it's so difficult when you've been out so long and you come into a game and to perform. It's, it's so difficult, especially at Manchester United. This is why... It's so hard at Manchester United. If you get a chance, you've got to take it. But it's difficult because you've not been playing for three months. I know you've been training, but it's totally different at being match fit and coming in and, and you want to do well and it just doesn't work out because you're not match fit, you're not up to it. And so I do feel for him in that aspect. But this is where, like, in the summer, you get rid of Pog, you got Pog leaves, you probably bring in somebody like a Declan Rice. So then that's a nice one, just sort of transition. There's your sort of sitting midfield player, allow Fernandez to go and do his stuff. Um, so that's a that's a nice easy transition, I think that one. So do you think United can get Rice? Because if Man City wanted him as well, yeah. But I think uh, to be honest, I'd I think Man City will end up going for Calvin Phillips because I think Calvin Phillips is a mm. better is is a, a better, better player. Yeah, and I think he's he's one of these players. I think that if he goes to City, he's a he's a sort of long-term replacement for Fernandinho. Yeah. As much as they've got Rodri in there and, and whatever, I think if he went to United, I think he'd just be sort of caught up in the... not doing a great deal. And I think if Declan Rice goes to United, I think that's a big step up for him. And I think it's a really good, good club for him to be at. And I think he can drag that midfield and have that big role in there. Whereas I think you know, Calvin Phillips will go to City and I think he'll go on and do really good things, I think. Oh. Right, we've got 10 minutes. Let's try to wrap up with a few quick-fire games here, right? Simon, Chelsea, 1-0 victory at Brentford. It wasn't easy and it's not the first time this season that we're going to say, where would Chelsea be without that goalkeeper? Because he kept them in the game against Villa, even though they won 3-0, and he kept them in this game. Big, big six points there. Brilliant he is. I, I actually really like him. Like, I... To be honest, I hadn't heard of him, to be fair, before uh, before he came in. And I was a little bit sceptical because, um, you know, Kepa's obviously not been not been great for, for Chelsea. But listen, he's he's some goalkeeper and he and he comes. And the one good thing about good goalkeepers is, you know, Rod will tell you about, you know, the Schmeichels and, and the Van der Sars of this world uh, at United that they don't when they don't have a lot to do. It's that one time when they do have something to do, the concentration's right, and they pull off something for your team. If it is in the, you know, 80, 90th minute and uh, to win one nil, whatever, and and he seems to be, you know, coming up trumps. So do you see Chelsea as serious title contenders with him between the sticks? Because if it was Kepa, I think it'd be a different story, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they need to get the balance right with, you know, the goalkeeper's great. Um, yeah, they seem to be chopping and changing a couple of the defenders at the minute. I think Rudiger's been outstanding. Um, and they need to get the uh, the balance right with Lukaku. Apparently, he's a little bit unhappy with the amount of games that he's played and needs to get a little bit tired and stuff like that. Um, which we said earlier, you know, if you how, how can you be tired when you you know you're playing well or you're scoring goals or whatever? But apparently, he's he's a little bit unhappy, and um, so they need to get that balance right. Absolutely. Steve, um, Patrick Vieira returned to Arsenal and um, Mikel Arteta walked right into his armpit at the beginning of the game, which is a sign of <laughs> things to come, really. Um, both of Palace's goals came from midfield mistakes from Lokonga and Partey. But I think uh, you breathe a sigh of relief at full time, no? Yeah. Um, like, 
I know some Arsenal fans got criticised for celebrating an equaliser, but just to make sure we didn't. Hang on, but how can you get criticised for celebrating an equaliser? You prevented the defeat. What's going on here? <laughs> Don't. And look, Arsenal fans love to stir up controversies for the sake of it on Twitter. Um, no. Uh, no, not us. Never. Never monetize off it. Um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Sorry. The the I think the biggest thing that's come away from that game is what what you can see Patrick Vieira has done in three months at Palace and what Arteta has struggled <laughs> to do at Arsenal in two years. Now, don't get me wrong, because you hear the murmurs that Arsenal actually had a very toxic um, atmosphere in the first team of players not pulling their weight. And um, Arteta's had to be a bit of a disciplinarian, kicking out some of the players that he didn't want, isolating them because he wants them to all sing from the same hymn sheet. But I think it does go to show, and Simon, you've said this as well, like Vieira's been about a bit. He's coached at other teams. He's learned from experiences. He's learned from his mistakes. And he's gone into Palace and he's getting them playing attacking, flowing football. He's not afraid to make substitutions, like to change the game. And it's had a positive effect. They've been unlucky with the results. But you ask any Palace fan, they're, they're absolutely chuffed with what they're seeing now because they're playing a lot more attacking football. They're playing with a different style, more, more on the front foot. And Palace have recently got a Cat One Academy and they've got a lot of youngsters coming through. Um, and just saying... Before we started recording, I'm on my UA for B at the minute. Um, there was a former Palace analysis uh, analyst analysis there. Got it. Analyst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was chatting to him and he said, yeah, the, the academy, what they've got coming through in the pipelines, there's at least four or five, 10, 50, you know, 30 million pound players. Like one Basaka was just one on like a, a conveyor belt. And it shows that Palace have done the long-term planning and that's, they will reap the benefits as the season go on. Arsenal still look lost. Arteta has this, unless he's playing his strongest 11, it's not going to work. And we haven't got the depth to put in the Sambas quite yet. He looks good, but he's made the, an absolute terrible error. And if you're going to try and foul, at least take his leg out. Don't half arse your hand out. Proper rugby tackling or something. Just take the yellow card. <laughs> This is it's, why you're no longer coaching a football club. <laughs> yeah, I'm now going into rugby. <laughs> no, it's look, I, I controversial player here, Arsenal Miss Shaka. He's the whether he's crap on the ball defensively or anything like that, he's one of the best players for finding the ball into the half space into the final third um, to break defenses. And I think Arsenal were trying to click in the final third, like we're starting to look a bit more threatening especially with Tierney getting the chance to do the overlaps. But yeah, without him, the team does look weak. And it's not to say because Shaq is missing. I think it's because one player from Arteta's strongest 11 is missing. The whole team struggles. Well, on the positive note, Aubameyang scored and, and Lacazette scored. And you've yeah. been waiting for them to score for God knows how long. So Every I'm not even joking. Like... <laughs> no, 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 it's true. It's true. It's I mean, I think Lacazette will be gone this summer, if not in January. I think Abamia might be gone in the summer. I think they got they are going to look to for a new striker, probably Dominic Calvin Lewis. Sorry, Rod. Um. Twenty goals, mate. Don't worry about that. That that donkey is not scoring twenty goals. <laughs> <laughs> just have to throw it out there. Just waiting for him. Waiting for him. <laughs> but Steve, you're six unbeaten. That's got to count for something, surely. Yeah, I, I think. I think Arsenal are on a slow upward trend. I think it's just every time they don't get a win, it's going to be highlighted even more. And I do think it does show that the squad is sort of lacking that depth of how to play when one or two players are missing. Um, I, I genuinely fear if Ben White gets injured because I don't want to see Pablo Mari play there. What did you make of his comments about not watching football when he goes home? And not, I mean, I'm like, I don't no, see a problem play. with that. What If... if like and Simon, like and Rod, feel free to interject it. But like, if you spend every sort of waking out of your childhood, of your adolescence, going through football, having to play it every day to the point of where it's almost making you bored of it, you've fallen out with love of it. Are you really going to do? Uh, like, depends, what he's do depends what he's doing. Is he? You no, know, is he playing golf or is he knitting? Like Tom Daly. Maybe he's got a train set. 
Well, you've got a train set in his loft. In his, in his oh, there you go. I've got, I like, I'll just hop in. Like, I use the analogy of an everyday person. Like, I sit on my laptop every day doing bloody Excels. The last thing I'm going to do when I go home is research about what new formulas I can do for work. But I want to switch off from it. Yeah, I totally understand as well. Yeah, but then I like I know I've played with and and Rod, you you know you probably have seen and heard a lot of it as well. But uh, you know people who hate football, even though they played it at top top level, they hate the game. And that's and like for me, someone who loves the game, regardless whether I was playing or you know coming home and watching Super Sunday or Monday Night Football, like I'd watch all of it. So to hear people say that uh, they hated it and they they sort of made it to you know, a much higher club or whatever than I did. I was just a little bit, like, baffled by it. But, you know, listen, it's each of their own. We can't all be the same. Yeah, and fair play to him for, you know, being open and honest with it. And the fact that everyone's giving him shit for it. I mean, it, was, it was the Vieira thing as well, where he goes, I don't remember too much about Vieira. And people go, oh, how can you not know Vieira? Like, he was seven years old when Vieira was at his peak. In the same way, I can never talk about Maradona, how he played, because I was never old enough to watch him in his prime. I can't expect players who are now sort of early 20s to go, well, I remember Patrick Vieira when I was four. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't understand. You weren't there to experience it. You didn't watch it. So, fair play to him for these open and on- open honesty. Lovely. And, Rod, let's wrap it up with uh, with this one right here. Newcastle, they've got new owners. But it's the same old story, isn't it? They lost 3-2 to Spurs. But I'll tell you what, I've got to give Harry Kane some credit because even though I took him out of my dream team, like an idiot that I am, uh-huh. he, he, he did the whole play to the whistle thing, didn't he? Put the ball in the back of the net. Next thing you know, VAR, it's a goal. Well done, Harry yeah, Kane. That, that's why you learn as a kid. Play to the whistle. So, yeah, he's, 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 he's a top goal scorer. He's always going to get cold in Newcastle. Um, it started so yeah. well, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, after like two minutes. Yeah, he's always going to start well, but just didn't end well. But, no, it's it's going to be a good good time for them. They'll still be buzzing up there. It's not going to change overnight, you know. But as soon as January comes, they'll get two or three, or maybe possibly more quality players in, and they'll be fine. But yeah, they just want Steve Bruce out now. It's it's unfortunate because he's a good bloke and he's a Jordan. But yeah, when 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 new owners come in, it's, the, the writing's on the wall. Whoever's in charge. Who comes? Don't know. You know, look at the results. Right? That would be interesting. The Newcastle one to see how that domino effect affects the Man Cities, the Uniteds, the Liverpools, the Chelseas of this world because they're they're going to go out and spend. You know, they might not do it straight away in January, but like in the summer, they'll go out and spend however much, and it will probably put a couple of clubs' his nose out of, out of place. Yeah, well, like we were talking uh, last last week, side. So you know, the top, top players are not going to go there just quite yet. I'll be like the Harry Canes, the Raheem Sterlings. I'm going to go there for not going to be winning straight away. It's going to be like three or four years. So you're going to get quality players, but I don't think... You may get one out of the blue, but you're not going to get top, top-notch quality players. Like not City, yet. Yeah, like City did. They went for like Elano first, didn't they? And then a couple of others. Robinho, yeah, Adebio. They went bang. There you go. Have have that and started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get a couple of you get you may get a couple of gems out there like Vincent Kompany. Yeah. You know David Silva. Do you think it depends on who the manager is going to be? Because there's talk of Eddie Howe. And, and look, I, I know, like me, and Bill, like, <laughs> and then, but like, but all seriousness, like, it depends on who. Rod nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's an ongoing thing with Rod and I. He he loves Eddie Howe. I don't get it. No, so, he's not going to get the Newcastle job, uh, is he? He's, he's, got, he's yeah. one of the favourites at the minute. Yeah, that's no. Looking at Wayne, looking at Wayne Rooney, you'd have a look at Wayne Rooney the way he's the way he's going about Derby. But I think that might be a bit too Wayne soon. Rooney, but nah, mate, you need you need padded walls now. You don't need some. <laughs> <laughs> you never you never know. He's a big thing, you know. He's doing really well at Derby, even though the you know the, the crap that they're going through. He's a novice manager. And he's dealing with it, and he's still getting results. It's that it's not it's not easy that still. It's not well, easy. The United job then. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been talking about experienced managers in elite in elite jobs, and you're asking uh, give Wayne Moon a job. You have a lot. And maybe five six years down the line, just look at Steven Gerrard. He's destined for Liverpool. Destined. Ger- Gerrard done the right thing by going to 
um, yeah. Scotland anyway. He could end up in Newcastle, but I don't think he will because he's close to Steve Bruce. Yeah, but they were saying about Conte, weren't they? Um, leaving and going to, to Conte. Newcastle. See, Mourinho's already started pissing his players off, so he might be off the No, not Mourinho after, what, three months? <laughs> he just speeds it up at every club now. You never know. He's, he's throwing his players under the bus already. Seeing really? seen, seen, seen his substitutes on the bench and named them. <laughs> I'm oh, going to wow. put them on somewhere along them lines. He was in, in Italian. Wow. Okay. That's, that's exactly what you need from your manager, isn't it? Can we all just agree that the next football manager is going to be pretty entertaining with Newcastle? Because. If they are going to spend the amount of money they're they're talking about, it's going to be. Well, this always happens. Though, whenever a team is taken over by a super rich person, immediately people think they're going to spend yeah, hundreds still, of millions. Still, it's super rich and super rich. These different these levels. could buy Roman Abramovich and yeah. City and still have change. Yeah, they, yeah, they have more money than all the owners. The rest of the Premier together, League yeah. Right, together. It's just like three hundred and twenty billion, and here is one that's twenty-five. Yeah. Only twenty-five billion. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's funny because whenever there's a, a, a new owner, you kind of got these day trippers turning up, you know, the tourists. So it happened with Chelsea and it happened with Man City. And it's even happening already with Newcastle. I mean, Ant and Deck have never been to Newcastle United, the St. James' part in their lives. And all of a sudden they're at the game, aren't they? <laughs> I always read the comments at the back. I said, a little what's more surprising, Ant and Deck are at the ground or Ant and Deck are in the wrong position or sat wrong differently. <laughs> <laughs> Right, gentlemen, that's it for another episode. Thank you for, for all jumping on, Simon. Thank you for jumping on, mate. I hope to have you back on sometime soon. And listen, good luck with finding a new role, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's yeah, have you ever tried um, looking at non-leagues? Big to side in non-league. Yeah, mate. Well, to be fair, I think the one thing that I want to do really is uh, I want to go and learn under somebody. So I don't really, in, ideally, I don't really want a manager's job right now. I kind of need to go and learn, learn the sort of like hard yards, really. Um, you know, going in, planning session day by day, week yeah. by week, you know, game by game, that sort of thing as well. And and just learning that side. And and to be honest, it doesn't even need to be in uh, in a first team. I could go twenty threes academies that sort of thing as well but you know ultimately you know it's just about keeping your name out there and seeing what uh seeing if some, something happens yeah hopefully something turns up for you yeah be course, united yeah. soon <laughs> why not set peace coach yeah. set peace coach yeah. uh, let's not talk, talk about those those things there's, right there's now there's enough of them about <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard anything like that side set peace coach now, the, the first thing I heard about that was uh, when Liverpool took the throwing coach, coach. from Michelin. Yeah, that was the first one I heard about that. I, I just, but that's, to be honest, I think coaching is going to go down a very similar route. Maybe not to that extent, but um, I think you might. Just like a striker coach, um, yeah, I've heard of, but like a striker set, coach, set. defensive coach, yeah. and, uh, you know, sort of going in a way of like the NFL where they have like special teams and all that, you know, your defensive and offensive coaches. I think it, it then allows the manager to to manage the whole team and do do what he needs to do. Whereas if you have specific area coaching, I think it then gives, you know, Accountability to that coach, and and he has his uh, his jobs on the line straight away. Yeah, 20, 20 years, you'll be this would be head coach, his head foot headset on, <laughs> yeah. system be in the stand. The ball boys will have a coach as well. <laughs> hey, I, know, no, I, I, I do agree, I do agree with them. It is going that way. I, I know a lot of managers who who speak to their ball boys. Yeah, hold the ball they, for longer. When, uh, for, yeah, yeah, when opposition the like. In possession, out of possession, winning, losing, that sort of thing. Oh, most most clubs do that. Speaks to ball boys yeah. before the other all get schooled. Yeah, yeah. most of them are local lads as well. So we all support the club. Yeah. So do whatever they every, you can tell them. Do whatever you want to do. You're going to love this one. Well, a few weeks ago in Cyprus, there was there was two teams are playing each other, and the, the home team were winning one 0 with like a couple minutes to go, and the ball went out for a throw in, and oh. three ball boys threw the balls on the pitch. <laughs> three balls on the pitch that's <laughs> a fucking kill time it's brilliant Steve yes do you want to promote any social media now that you're a what a free agent uh, other than uh, yours truly Mr Mac Simon you're on, you're on the Twitter aren't you Simon 
I'm on all sorts, mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I will eventually change mine to Fat Luke. Sure. Oh, for fuck's sake, here he goes again. <laughs> You keep telling me to do it. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't put the don't F know. word there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Rod. <laughs> Rod James Giggs. Excellent. That's it for another week. So until next time, take care. Be safe. <laughs>